You're listening to Cultivate Curiosity, a podcast that inspires the next generation to stay curious. Cultivate Curiosity is brought to you by the Emerald Coast Science Center, a nonprofit interactive science museum and STEAM educational facility in Fort Long Beach, Florida. This podcast is perfect for anyone curious about the world we live in because you never know what we'll talk about next. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to an episode of Cultivate Curiosity. My name's JC. My name's Harley. And I'm Diane, the director. And this week's episode, we're going to be talking about our animal ambassadors. So to begin with, we first started in 2014 with Lovelace, who was our first animal ambassador here at the Science Center. And I'll tell you a little bit about how we get our animals here at the Science Center. They're all donated to us. We get phone calls and people that have had exotic animals that are pets and for whatever reason they can't keep them anymore. Maybe they're moving like Felix, our hedgehog. His family was moving to Belgium. Obviously they couldn't take their hedgehog with them. Or maybe uh, their landlord came in and realized that they had a pet that (laughs) the landlord didn't know about and was not pleased. Um, That's how we've gotten a couple of the pets. Um, So we don't always get the pets that they've had the best husbandry and animal husbandry is how you care for an animal appropriately based on what the animal is what their natural habitat and climate would be you know with a lot of the reptiles you have to have certain light situations they like certain temperatures some of them have to have access to uv light which means an additional light bulb and so by the time that we get them they might not have been taken care of in the appropriate way. So that's one of the things that we really strive to do is make sure that their habitat is appropriate for whatever type of animal they are. And sometimes we don't have a lot of history, so we might not know how old they are. They might have passed through several different families before they arrive here, and that information might have gotten lost along the way. Uh, So some of our animals we know more about than others, and we strive to take care of them. We take them to the vet when they need to be taken care of. and strive to provide the best opportunity for a happy and healthy life for them. So that's why we have sort of like an eclectic collection of animals um, (laughs) is because we, you know, it's not something that we, it's just looking for. We're not looking necessarily for certain animals or anything like that. It's just whatever comes our way. Yeah. Whoever calls us. And then, you know, different life animals have different lifespans. Mm-hmm. So some of them are bigger commitments than others. Mm-hmm. Um, cough, cough. Tortoises and parrots. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a huge commitment. Carly, you want to chime in on anything? I mean, you're hitting everything. So. Yeah. <laughs> So one thing to mention too, before we start going through the animals, uh, we Mm -hmm. also try to name all of our animals after a scientist or a scientific discovery. That way when people are going around the science center, they can read the sign that talks about uh, what the animal is, what their species is, all that cool information, but also then read another sign about who they are named after so people can learn more about that. Mm -hmm. Because I know this is something Diane always talks about. Not always when you ask someone, about a scientist or like can they name one they might say like albert einstein but they might not know many others and Mm -hmm. especially not recent ones i feel like so that's why we try to name our them after scientists like kizzy and other Mm -hmm. ones recently that we've been trying to name them after scientists that are doing things right now in this time period so i think one of the things that we in the beginning we named them after like nobel prize winners Mm -hmm. you know people Mm -hmm. that we felt at at a cultural literacy everybody should know who 
you know, who that scientist is. Mm-hmm. Um, but lately, we've been trying to reach a more diverse background. Um, our goal is that every child that comes into the museum can see someone that looks like them when they look at our animals because we have pictures of the scientist right there and also a diversity in the different types of scientific fields that we are um, exposing them to as well because there's a, a there's a broad broad variety of scientific disciplines and a, a broad variety of uh, types of people that are in those fields as well. And, and so I think th- a great example of that is Sebastian and Wolfgang, since we named them after musicians, because math is in music, so that's a great tie-in. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and also Sebastian came to us and his name was Sebastian, yes. and that's a great name. So we wanted to, so we do try if the animal has a name, you know, that we want to sort of keep that name mm-hmm. as much as possible. So then we go hunting for scientists yeah. that are yeah. named that. But like Bindi's name was Buttercup. Yeah, <laughs> you know, well, his name was Tank. Like, how are you going to find a yeah. tank? Kind of hard to find a tank and a buttercup scientist. Yeah. But there's some like Lily um, Hero too was named Hero, so they mm-hmm. kept that. Yeah. So, so Lily Felix. was yeah Lily was named Lilith, mm-hmm. and so you know sometimes we try and just keep it Lucy. Lucy mm-hmm. was named Lucy, mm-hmm. so we were able to keep that name as well. Um, so it, it can be kind of really fun to sort of get in there and research different scientists that might match a name that we're given um, that kind of makes us be a little bit creative too and brings diversity into um, the type of scientists that we're going to go after mm-hmm. for, for the naming rights. Mm-hmm. I, I had to tell you a, a funny story that just popped into my head talking about this was we had um, Monica. Mm-hmm. And um, she actually went home to live with a local family. They just came in all the time and, and played with her and spent so much time with her. So they adopted her. But we had named her after Monica Turner, who was like the first woman to get a PhD in ornithology in England. And if you go to our website, we have our, the list of all our current animals and we have you know who they're named after. And the niece of... Monica Turner sent us an email because her daughter was doing a report and when she put in her great aunt's name we came up so she put in like Monica Turner and it (laughs) it pulled up the information about the bird on our website and so she reached out to me and sent me this email and she goes oh my gosh you have no idea how excited my daughter was (laughs) about that so, you know, sometimes it's like weird little things can, can really happen cool. like that. Mm-hmm. And, and just to think that here's this, this female scientist that would probably have been forgotten, mm-hmm. you know, um, and everything about her would have been historical. And then all of a sudden something current pops up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, I thought that was fantastic. That cool. Made my day. Okay, I guess we're going to dive into everyone now. Yes. So we'll start with Lovelace and our snakes. So snakes can live about 35 to 40 years, at least all the ones that we have. And Lovelace is a red rat snake named after Ada Lovelace. We also have Babbage. Who's my favorite. Yes. He's <laughs> very similar to Lovelace, but he's a creamsicle corn snake. He can also be called a rat snake, but for some reason, rat snakes cannot be called corn snakes. And he's <laughs> named after Charles Babbage. And actually, both of those scientists work together, mm-hmm, if I mm-hmm. am correct. Yes. And then we have our ball pythons. We have four in total now. We have Avogadro, he's our OG ball python. Um, he is not a morph, he's a regular one. He's named after Amadeo Avogadro. 
which you may know from Avogadro's number or constant, which is the number of elementary entities in one wall of a substance. So that's like atoms, molecules, ions, and other particles. Kids always ask me who he's named after. Like, uh, like elementary kids. Yeah. And I always tell them it's a really large number that you probably will not learn about until you're in high school. Yeah. <laughs> I don't so think give it some time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's always, it's always funny because you, if when you mention that to adults, remember you learned that in high school chemistry? <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> and so I'm just going to insert how we got Avi. Because oh, yes. we call him Avi okay, for that's short. that's another way too. Yeah. Um, but we got him from the state of Florida as part of their exotic animal amnesty program. So people are allowed to turn in exotic pets to the state as opposed to setting them free. And no questions asked. The state will take them. And then they were a certified adopter. So we do have a registration with the state. Every year we have to fill out a form that lists every single animal that we have so that the state knows who we have because we're using it for educational purposes and we do have a license with them. So we're a certified um, adopter in that program. And we went to an adoption event and I think they had like eight ball pythons turned in that day and um they were like anybody want a ball python i was like uh sure um and they went in and i got to pick them out and they said well this this one came from a home that had young kids very good with kids i said perfect that's the snake for me so they put him in a pillowcase and they go okay here's your snake <laughs> so it's great because the snake comes for free the animal you get for free at, at these events but then what you don't see is that you have to go in and spend about three to four hundred dollars to buy the appropriate okay. habitat yeah. and the substrates and the toys and the you know all of those other things on the back end of it but i distinctly remember my daughter was with me at the time and we were riding home and ball pythons ball because they curl up in a little ball and she's just sitting there in the passenger seat just holding him <laughs> he's just curled up in this little ball and I'm like oh my well Lovelace eats frozen so we talk about how to feed our snakes um mm -hmm. Lovelace was at the time was the only snake that we had and she ate frozen uh, so she has a frozen mouse that we get out thaw and feed her and so I thought silly me okay well I'll just feed Avi a frozen a frozen mouse and <laughs> Avi was like her? no this is not what I eat what is this dead animal <laughs> exactly we're going hardcore snake owner and I want to eat live so that took a little bit of transition for me personally to go from feeding a frozen mouse to actually having to go to the pet store buy the live small rats mm -hmm and bring it to him and feed him. And if you look at Avi, he's a chunker. So you know that boy never misses a meal. Um, so I think that that was you know, a new experience for us. And I always say that's the, the hardest part of my job is feeding the snakes that eat the live, you know, but it's a circle of life thing and you have to understand you know, that everybody eats something. Um, and, uh, and thankfully we feed our snakes in a two week schedule so they eat once every two weeks so it's not something that you have to do on a daily basis mm -hmm. um and i guess over the years now we've kind of become immune to it um that's just part of part and I parcel i don't of, like it like, i know i know <laughs> i don't want to watch yeah like, I know we have to well i don't like to watch either you know <laughs> seal um, them in <laughs> yeah yeah so we so we do we have a feeding tank that we put our snakes in you you don't feed snakes in the habitat they live in you don't want them to get used to eating in there because if you stick your hand in there to play with them they might be going huh is that my food or is that my friend? Mm -hmm. um, so, and it does have a lid. So I usually like 
put the snake in, introduce their meal, put the lid on, come back a few minutes later, and you know, they've already are in the process of, of, of eating their meal. But yeah, so that is how we get, and we've gotten several other animals through um, the- We've got Nye, the Dagoos, uh-huh, sure. And we got Newton mm-hmm. and the Dagoos. So, I mean, you know, we have gotten several animals through them. Um, and sometimes they will have, uh, people will request, and they'll send out an email, and they'll go, oh, hey, there's somebody in your area that's looking to rehome. We got a couple of the um, turtles, aquatic turtles that way too. Mm-hmm. Um, it was set up through, state of florida it's so. been a while since they've done another amnesty day around here because it here. used to be at the gulf area mm-hmm. and I yeah and i well that's a covid thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> the last one and the first one that i went to was in 2019 at the end of 2019 because i think 2018 was the year i went and we got the degus mm-hmm. right so. yeah yeah so um hopefully they'll be doing those again yeah so that's just you know just how one of the other ways that we get some of our animals mm-hmm. Okay, let's finish up with our ball pythons because we have some cool ones. We have Kizzy. She's a yellow belly ball python. So this is a morph, and you can see it with yellow chintz to their undersides, unmarked belly scales, and a light border of speckled patterns where their belly scales meet their sides. And sometimes they can actually have a light spot on the top of their head, but I don't think Kizzy has Mm-mm. that on her. And she's named after Kizmikia Corbett, who is an American viral immunologist who worked on the COVID-19 vaccine. And so we also have Bo, who's a banana spider morph ball python. So he looks quite different than the other two we just mentioned. He has yellow colored splotches and dark freckles against a tan base color. And this morph actually originated in the wild, but it's very rare now. And he's named after John Beauchamp Proctor. So the Beauchamp is where the bow comes from. And then the last <laughs> one we have is Lily. She's a pastel ball python. So she's more brightly colored than normal ball pythons and is easily identified by her pale green eyes. Um, And some pastels also have white lips, but that's very rare too. Uh, And then our last snake is Lucy, who we talked about a little bit earlier. She's a red-tailed boa constrictor, and she's actually named after a set of bones. It's AL2881, or known as Lucy. She's also our largest snake. She's about yes. six feet long. Very big. So she's very pretty. And it, the, my favorite thing about Lucy, if you look straight at her, yes. at her face, <laughs> it looks like she has a little mustache and a little goatee. <laughs> okay. They're just little black lines that just go right across the top of her mouth and one little splash that goes right below I the bottom. I think that's a bow, I think, because I saw another one and it had the same thing. It had like the markings there. So. They just have mustaches and goatees with their umbrella. <laughs> and it's, it's really funny because whenever I tell people, you know, if we have her out and we're playing with her, um, and I say, well, look at her face and look at her mustache and her goatee. Mm-hmm. And immediately you can tell when they actually see it because their facial expression totally changes. Yeah. It's like they start laughing. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, I, I see. I see that you saw that because yeah. I can tell by the look on your face that you that you got it. Yeah. But it is very cool that she has that. So, I don't think I have any weird snake stories. I have a story. <laughs> it involves. They haven't done anything weird. Oh, it me. involves Avi. So I, I mean, a, I have a Lucy story too, but you know. Oh, oh <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, I well, if you remember Kristen Coral that worked here years ago, she hated the snakes, and um, this was before they moved. They were back in what's the ecosystem room now. And one morning she came in and she was making a cup of tea in the kitchen and Avi was out and he was on in the kitchen and Coral just like had a conniption. So um, every morning after that, 
she would go, the first thing she would do when she got here was she would go into the reptile room and she would make sure that the snakes were all in their habitat. You're locked in, you're locked in. So they're very good escape artists. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, and my thing is Lucy got out and I had to come bring her back into her cage. So yes. And and Lucy can seem intimidating because she's large. Mm -hmm. She is large and she's, she's, She's a sweetie. She's oh, just yeah. a big old marshmallow. But um, but, but she, she was not happy to go back yeah, into her cage. But she no. she never is happy to go back into mm-hmm. her cage. And she's when, very strong because she is very big and mm-hmm. she has a lot of muscles. So it's right. very hard to get back to in. But thankfully I did. <laughs> um, but my, my other Avi story is I was bitten by him mm-hmm. one time when I was feeding him. It's totally my fault because I was in a hurry and I, he was in this feeding tank and he had just eaten. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to snatch him out of there and go put him up. And, his, and I just popped my hand in there real quick and he mm-hmm. just like snapped on me. And what they'll do is they hold with their mouth. They're not biting you per se, but they're just grabbing on and holding to mm-hmm. you and then they wrap around you. Well, he bit me on, the, on my knuckle and wrapped around my arm mm-hmm. and there was people in the room and I was so embarrassed. And then my hand starts bleeding mm-hmm. and just like blood dripping everywhere. It wasn't painful and it wasn't deep by anything, but he yeah, did pierce. Yeah, because I just had those really tiny teeth. Really tiny just, teeth. There's a lot, so it's right. And I have I have really thin skin on my hands anyway, so mm-hmm. I just touch something and I. I get a boo-boo but I was so embarrassed so I have to come out of the room I walk behind the front desk and I take a little pencil and I kind of put it in his open mouth and I and I just wait because you just wait a second they're going to release anyway um they're just testing it and so I have to kind of like take my one hand and slide him off my arm <laughs> but you know and I thought well this is great the next day it's going to be bruised you're going to be able to tell I couldn't even tell hmm. the next day that, that that had happened and again that was completely my fault um, and everything was fine. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a great relationship still. So. Yeah. <laughs> we forgot friends. about it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, I mean, you know, so people ask all the time, you know, was he going to bite me? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, probably not. Um, you know, I can't guarantee that. Everything that has a mouth can bite. Mm-hmm. That's honestly for any of the animals. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's for me too. I can bite you. <laughs> kids, kids also always ask that question because yeah. they come into the animal room and especially during animal presentations and they're like, oh my God, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, will it bite me? And I'm like, all right, everybody, let's take a second mm-hmm. and we're going to think about this for a second. Every animal and human has the ability to bite you. It just depends on how you treat them. Mm-hmm. And then they immediately will be like, oh, okay. I'm like, if you're going to be scary towards the animal, it's probably going to bite you Mm -hmm. because it has no other way to defend itself. So it doesn't even have hands. Mm -hmm. So be nice. Yeah, be nice to the animals. Well, and I always say our animals are well fed. They're not not ever hungry. They're, they're not, well cared for. Too. They're well cared for. They're used they're, to being around children. They're used to being handled. Mm-hmm. So this is probably the safest place and the only place yes, that you that should, you should touch that you should animal. touch a snake. So that's another thing that we really try to drive home because we have a lot of venomous snakes in our area. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where you can do this. You do not do this in your backyard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it could be Just very leave dangerous. Them be. Yes, so. leave them be. All right, so we're gonna move on to bearded dragon. I can do the bearded dragons okay. if you want. Okay. So we have three bearded dragons. These guys can live 8 to 12 years old in captivity um, out in the wild. That can obviously be very different. Um, they're native to Australia. We have Nye and Fang, who are just your like general bearded dragon species. Um, and then Bendy, who is a leatherback. 
Nye is named after Bill Nye, the science guy, mm-hmm. who is a scientist educator. Um, a lot of kids nowadays don't really know him, but he is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Fang is named after Fang Hong. Um, and then Bendy, who is our leatherback bearded dragon, is named after Bendy Irwin. Bendy was pretty sick uh, last year, but since then she's recovered pretty nicely from a lot of her health issues. So we're happy to have her yeah. still with us. Yeah, she's was, she's getting up there in years, though. Yeah, so, so. is Nye. And that was the first time we've ever really had to take like a bearded dragon, and like we had to do those shots and stuff. Mm-hmm. That was like our first big thing. Yeah, like so Bindi had to have a shot every day, every other day. Yeah, well, yeah. I think it was every day in right. the different arms. Every day she had to have a shot, and so you had to switch arms mm-hmm. that you were going to put it into. And you had to go, like, underneath her scales, because obviously you can't go through her scales. So. Mm-hmm. And she started to learn, like, that's what was going to happen. Yeah. So she'd be like, they're pretty smart. Mm-hmm. Oh, they definitely have personalities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Especially Bendy. <laughs> yes. Definitely have a personalities. <laughs> yeah, they're they're great. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're the ones that have to have UV light. Mm-hmm. And they have to have... One an, of the ones. Yeah, one of the ones mm-hmm. that has to have UV light. And, and the heat. The mm-hmm. heat is very critical in that because they're desert dwellers. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they want it to be 90 degrees in there. Which is why if you're in the reptile room and it's you're standing warm. up there, it's yeah. always warm. I can't do anything about that. It's supposed to be that We fun. need it to be warm. <laughs> That's right. But it's always warm in yeah. the reptile yes. room. But Nye is also, she's one of my favorite, but me and her have been through oh, a couple she... of incidences. <laughs> we, she's a great one that to take to an outreach event. We take a lot of our animals sometimes to outreach events um, to have at a booth so people can see them and then maybe be interested in coming to visit the Science Center later. And I was at the library, the Fort Walton Beach Library, um, with an old coworker, and we're all set up. We're about to start the event, and we decided to walk around to the other booths to see what people have. And I'm holding Nye in my hand, just like had her right there. And then all of a sudden, she decides to just release all of her bowels <laughs> into my hand, and I could. I felt like I couldn't just let it drop on the ground like I would if I was here at work. Yeah because I didn't want to ruin the library's carpet. Um, And so I just decided to just hold all of her pee and all of her poop just sitting there right in my hand. And it smelled awful. How long did it take you to get it out of your hand? It took me, well, the whole outreach, the smell didn't come out until we got back to the science center. And I sprayed Lysol on my hand. I sprayed WD-40 on my hand. And then... (laughs) I, I sprayed everything. I wanted some other smell yeah. than that on my hand. And then it finally came out. But my coworker was just on the ground laughing in the middle of the library. No. Because it, it was funny. It was very funny, but it was also so sneaky. Yeah. And so I ran outside with her, plopped her right down in the grass, and she's just staring at me. Nye has like, no remorse, nothing. She's just happy she was able to get all that out. <laughs> and then we took her back inside, and I did not hold her the rest of the event. <laughs> it was gross. Yeah, I would say probably out of all the, the animals, I would say bearded dragon poop is probably it's one of the awful. worst. It's it just, it'll stink up a whole room. Like, if they go potting during, like, a field trip or something, oh, it's going to be there the whole time. That happened to me last week as well. Mm-hmm. In the middle of the field trip, these poor kindergartner girls are like, what's that smell? <laughs> and I looked down into Bindi's enclosure, and she had just pooped everywhere. <laughs> no. I was like, I'm so sorry, you guys. It happens. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then we just kept going. <laughs> okay, Diane, do you want to do crested geckos? Um, sure. We have three crested geckos right now. We have Katie and Catherine, and they're really sweet. You can handle them. It, about the time that we they were donated to us, it was uh, somebody in my neighborhood had them, and they had used them to breed, and uh, they were getting ready to travel and do some other things so they didn't um, necessarily want the responsibility of caring for them anymore and then they're not hard to care for actually mm -hmm. but one of them had their tail and the other one didn't mm -hmm. so this is about the same time that they had came out with the first picture of a black hole NASA had so we decided to name them Katie and Catherine after two NASA female NASA scientists Catherine being Catherine Johnson who recently passed away she lived to be like 101 years old um, was one of the um, hidden figures one of the original NASA computers when people were computers manually computing before computers actually existed and she did a lot of the math on the trajectories and things like that for the moonshot and then Katie is a computer scientist Katie Bowman and she helped write the algorithms that helped piece together that black hole picture so I, I absolutely love that because here's um, you know this kind of spans the history of females working in space and so you can see this original, you know, mathematician scientist that worked for NASA. And then now you can see like the next generation that is still actively working and pursuing space exploration. And then Fletcher, this one's a Fletcher's a new one. So yes. yes. And he is very skittish. Yeah. So. He's not yeah. quite handleable yet. Yeah. I was trying to take Rosie and Elle pictures with him in December. <laughs> um, and I like just put her in a cage with him and it accidentally touched him and he freaked out, jumped out of the cage on the ground. Me and Megan <laughs> had to pick him up. He was just like, I didn't want to be still. I didn't want to be touched. So. You also... If you look inside his enclosure, you probably won't be able to see him. Yeah, you might and see like his feet or mm -hmm. something. He's, he's still really very, nervous. Yeah. Well, and that happens too. I mean, there's some of the animals that we never handle unless it's mm -hmm. like an emergency situation. They're going to the vet or something like that because yeah. they're just, that's just not their thing. Yeah. Um, and then there's some that, you know, are, are completely used to it. You know, we handle them on a regular mm -hmm. basis. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's just something that we recognize and we tell people, well, no, we don't, that, we don't handle that animal. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. not, not what they do. Speaking of that, we'll talk about the leopard geckos. Hero, which is one of the recent ones we got, actually is super great to take out. She's very calm. And Hypatia, right, too? Or just Hero? I, I think just Hero. Hypatia is new as well. I don't think I've taken okay. him out. Or, yeah, him. Because Hero is a girl. But Hero is really great. She's named after Hero of Alexandria. We also have Hypatia, Edwin, and Walter. Which Walter is the oldest one that's been here. Mm -hmm. um, they can live to be about six to ten years, and they are a species of gecko that can lose their tail and then grow it back. Mm -hmm. And they also have eyelids, unlike the crested geckos. And um, speaking of Edwin, he's actually named after Edwin Hubble. The Ed Hubble Space Telescope is named in his honor. So I don't remember if it was Walter or if it was Louie, because they were named one after the Alvarezes, but yes. one of them would bite. Yes. <laughs> like, I can't tell I you how many like times I've been bitten. the other one. Louis. Louis? Yeah. 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 Because I would get I would get bitten all the time mm. by them. It's embarrassing because when you start to bleed, you're like, okay, well, you know. Yeah. I remember if, if Louis had bit me one time too. It was yeah. just like, oh, it's I hard that. because it, like, they don't have really like a lot of teeth or anything like that that are really sharp, but like the jaw strength is there. And yeah. so he like kind of made me bleed a little yeah. bit. Was, I've only yeah. had one of our animals 
bite me and we haven't gotten to them yet so. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep moving i want to hear that story yeah. okay so the last set of reptiles are the tortoises and the turtles so obviously <laughs> we have two tortoises they're african spur tortoises or sulcata tortoises they can live over 70 years so like probably closer to 100 age range especially Billy. since they're living here with us so they'll be here long after we're all gone. And they will get huge. Oh, yes. Like 200 plus pounds. Yeah. I think what it is. I think it and depends not- on the tortoise. I think those guys only get to about 100 pounds. Okay. Yeah. They're still but it's pretty still big. Be, yeah. It's still big. <laughs> um, and so those two guys are Sebastian, named after Johann Sebastian Bach, um, who's a German composer from the Baroque period. And then Wolfgang, named after Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. He was an Austrian composer in the classical period. And I think Harley should tell her Wolfgang story. <laughs> he is my travel companion. <laughs> we had a family who knew Sebastian. How, they used to live here. The they course. used to live here. And when um, they lived here, they were friends with Sebastian's owners. Okay. And so, so had, Wolfgang like, and Sebastian, quote, had playdates when they yeah. were tiny tortoises. <laughs> so. so the family that had Wolfgang had moved to North Carolina and had him up there for a little bit of time and then decided that the cold was just like too harsh on him. And so they reached out to us to see if we could take him in, but they're in North Carolina. So I just so happened to be going up to North Carolina for a wedding and was just like, I can go pick him up, I guess. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) It just came out of my mouth. I don't know why, but I picked him up and we, it was me and my boyfriend and my dog and we were going on that trip. And so we brought a big container from work to had our trip and then on our way back here to Fort Walton, we picked up Wolfgang. The family was wonderful. They were so sad to be like having to give him to us, but they gave us like, like a heating pad and mm-hmm. they, they were great. Um, so we got Wolfgang. He's in the car. We're nine hours away. So we start driving back and you know when they use the bathroom because you just, it's in the car. I have a hatchback car, so it was like, <laughs> you could smell it. So we would stop We'd lift him out of there, and then we'd also let my dog run around, who was just kind of ignored the tortoise, which I was kind of like, (laughs) what are you doing? But yeah, they just ran in the field together. I think we stopped a total of three times to let him get out and like walk around and stretch his legs, but each time he he was pretty nervous, and he Mm -hmm. still is, kind of. I think he's getting used to his new enclosure and Mm -hmm. walking around and seeing all the people come up to him, Mm -hmm. but... Yeah, me and Wolfgang are buddies. <laughs> yes. And before I forget, speaking of Sebastian, he does have social media. You can follow him on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. You can just look up Sebastian the Tortoise, and it'll be on there. Sometimes you will see Wolfgang. Yes. He posts on Wednesdays, so it's Wolfgang Wednesdays. Uh, and then our other turtles that we have, we have turtle ponds outside. I'm not going to name them all, but we do have Tully, a red-eared slider that is actually invasive to Florida. Um, we also have Sammy, that's a box turtle. We have more box turtles, including her, and they're native to Florida. And then we have Scooter and Leonardo. Scooter's a river cooter, and then Leonardo is a false map turtle. And they live together with another red-eared slider in a separate pond. Um, so if you want to learn more about the other ones that we have, come visit and see them, because there's too many to name all of them. And now we'll move on to some that are just kind of by themselves. So we have Brian. He's a Madagascar giant day gecko. 
He lived 10 to 15 years. He is also one that is not handled. Yes. Because he's very skittish. I opened his cage one time. I can't remember what I was doing, but opened it up and he happened to be right there. And he's on the end of all of our enclosures. Mm -hmm. And he got up on the little shelf and ran all the way across. Yes. He did. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> he so, tried to escape one yeah, time too. So me. I had to go grab him and put him back in yeah. his enclosure. He, he likes to stay in his house and only needs to be in yes. there. <laughs> but he's so pretty. He is so he pretty. Yes. Yeah, very pretty. Very pretty. He, mm-hmm. If you follow our social media, he's always the very bright green mm-hmm. gecko that you'll see. He's very pretty. <laughs> we also have Ayana, our Savannah monitor. She can live 10 to 15 years as well. And um, she's my road trip buddy. Yes. Yeah. Can we talk to her about her just a little bit? Um, her health is not good at all. She's relatively young. They, they, they think she's about three and a half years old, but she's never really thrived since we've had her. And that has, I think, a lot to do with the husbandry before she came to us. We had a, an amazing friend of mine that built her habitat from scratch and wouldn't, wouldn't let us give him a dime, you know, for the materials or his time or anything. Wonderful, wonderful family that helped us with that and our local vet sort of you know threw her hands up and said I think you should probably take her to the University of Florida veterinary medical clinic um, it's a teaching hospital and so we were able to get an appointment down there um, we road tripped we spent the night in a hotel in Gainesville <laughs> she spent the whole day at the hospital and I think what they walked away with was a diagnosis of heart disease mm-hmm. So, and this is kind of interesting because they put her on two medications. We have to give them to her daily. And those medications work well in dogs and cats, but they don't have a lot of experience with these medications in reptiles because they weren't sure reptiles got heart disease. So she's kind of like an experiment in herself. Um, she is still very listless. You know, we get her out daily. We make her walk around. Um, she's one of those ones that needs a certain range of heat and humidity. Now, I think that she's a little bit perkier mm-hmm. than Absolutely. she has been in the past when we get her out and make her make her walk around. If it's a sunny day, we'll put her outside. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's and, and the reason we went to all of this effort, I mean, that was like a $1,200 vet visit by the time you take into consideration the hotel, mm-hmm. and it was uh, $900 that day, and it's uh, about $80 a month in medication for her. But she's young we took that on and said we want her to have her best life and she's sassy but she's mm-hmm. also still still very sweet mm-hmm. personality wise so i don't know what her future looks like but we will be here every single day mm-hmm. syringe feeding her her medications <laughs> yeah. and, and and doing everything that we can to make sure that she has you know the best life that she can have given her current medical situation mm-hmm. Next we have Alex. He's our rosehair tarantula. So depending on if he's male, he'll live about four years, and if he's female, he'll live about 20 years. And then the next big group is our birds. So we have Cece, Ivan, Simon, and then our parakeets. So Cece is our blue and gold macaw. You'll see her. She has an enclosure outside. She can live about 50 to 60 years. And something that's really cool is she can mimic human vocalizations, and so can Ivan, but Ivan does do it more often than she does. Do you have any stories you want to share about Cece? <laughs> that she so hates I mean, me? Yeah. She no. loves your husband. That she, she doesn't like you. She prefers males. Yes. <laughs> she does. She absolutely prefers males. I think males. it has to do with she, her she upbringing. Have a male? Mm-hmm. Okay. She was um, raised from an egg by a guy, and she definitely is 
partial to males and if they and honestly they have a certain look yes. now she loves tanner tanner is one of our volunteers and he she will sit on his shoulder and lick his ear and give him kisses mm-hmm. if i walk up to her she's like ah. yeah he can pet her belly and yeah it's, it's she doesn't like any of us but we no. did help hold her we've all like had her I on have our held shoulder her. yeah but that was because tanner but had far taken, away yeah tanner had taken her out to do that yeah, I would say that the it's not the snakes that scare me here. It's, oh, it's the big, it's the yeah. birds. It's, it's and I've been too. I've been too. Yeah, because he can have a pretty bad bite. So Ivan yes. is an African gray. He can live sixty plus years, and he's actually as vocalizations, and he's as smart as a toddler. Um, we also have Simon or Nande Conyer. He can live eighteen to thirty years, and then our parakeets, which I'm sure you guys know what parakeets are, but they can live about five to eight years. We have two females and one male. The male's named Flory after Howard Flory, and the females were deciding their names still. <laughs> and now let's talk through the mammals real quick. Mm-hmm. We have our guinea pigs. They can live about four to five years. We have Penrose, who is the alpha in the group, mm-hmm. Gens, and then Genzel. And they squeal for their breakfast every morning. Yes, they're hungry. They do. We also have our hedgehogs. We have Amy, Ella, and Felix. They're pretty great. They're nocturnal mammals, just like our sugar gliders. They can live about 9 to 12 years. So we have Pierre, Beck, Stevie, and Niels. So Pierre and Beck are named after Pierre Curie and Henry Becquerel, which they actually work together, as, as well as Marie Curie, too. Pierre is the animal that bit me. Really? Yes. No. I was giving him some sugary little dried papaya, and he was being cute, licking my finger, and I just kind of looked away as he was licking my finger, and then he said, ah. Oh, no. Took a little bite. Something It just scared me. Them. It didn't hurt that bad. It just felt like a little pinch, yeah. but they have sharp teeth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and something weird about them, I've had more than one of them. They just kind of like will lick your hand sometimes. I feel like it's like the salt from you like sweating yeah. or something like that that just like will lick your hands mm-hmm. it's really weird we also <laughs> have stevie who she was actually born with in a pathelmia it's basically a birth defect so her eyes aren't fully developed so she can't see and that's why she actually is awake during the day and asleep sometimes and i she kind of just like is up whenever she wants <laughs> yeah. to be up honestly because sugar letters are nocturnal so usually they would be asleep during the daytime, but she's our one that is always out and about during the day. And then Niels, he's our newest one. Then we have our Degus. Um, these can live to be about six to eight years. We have Crick, and then Sam and Dean who live together. These guys love to run on their wheel mm-hmm. all day, <laughs> every <Yes>. day. <laughs> all day, every day, they're very noisy because mm-hmm. those wheels just turn, turn, turn. Yeah. Then we have our rats. We have Templeton who was named after the Templeton Prize John Templeton. And then we have Rufus, who is named after Rufus Porter, and Nobel, who is named after the Nobel Prize. Rufus and Nobel are our naked rats, um, and Templeton is their fuzzy little friend to help keep them warm. And we also named Rufus Rufus because of Rufus the Naked Mole Rat. Yes. We yes. have to do that. <laughs> and then we also have May, who is named after May Britt Moser. Yes. And she's a, he is a very he. pretty, like, gold rat mm-hmm. it's very pretty color yeah and then we have our lionfish which 
in full disclosure, we trade out often because (laughs) they are captured live. Alex Fogg, who's like the marine science coordinator for Okaloosa County, goes out and catches the lionfish for us and brings them here. Now, you know, they're an invasive species and they're really horrible. They're beautiful, but they are awful. Mm -hmm. So we've had the first pair that we had lived about two years. Mm -hmm. And then we had another pair and one of those recently passed away. And then we just picked up some brand new ones from Alex last week. Mm -hmm. So now we have... Four. 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 We actually have three four. very tiny or yes. small ones, and yes. then the one. And one's got a really one. different color pattern. It's mm-hmm. really dark. Yeah. So be sure to check them out when you come in. But we named them after the Custos because they're such ocean explorers. And I don't think people. I mean, when I was growing up, it was always you know Jacques Cousteau's who everybody mm-hmm. talked about. And I don't know that kids today would know who Jacques Cousteau is. I don't think so. No. Yeah. So that's why we named them after them. Then we have some other fish in our pond. Um, as soon as we built the first pond outside the city for Walton Beach came and dropped in some of those mosquito larval eating fish mm-hmm. and oh my gosh did they proliferate there are so many of them mm, yes. in our ponds <laughs> and then we have the the catfish that are the sucker fish that help to keep the ponds clean mm-hmm. as well so we've pretty much run through the animals that we have here pretty quickly you can read all about them on our website or come in and visit them <laughs> yes. there's different times especially like during spring break I think there is even a day that will be yeah doing a special oh, animal yes event. there is the mm-hmm. animal tales day you can always over the summer we'll have creature features and then if you come on a field trip obviously creature features will be in your rotation and then also if you do a birthday party you can choose animal safari themed and you can come and during your birthday party you'll get to have a creature feature just for your party as well mm-hmm. and if you'd like to become a supporter of one of our animal ambassadors um, you can look that up on our website. There's an animal-sponsorship, and that would help to support the cost of feeding them. Um, I think probably the most expensive animals to feed here are the parrots. Mm-hmm. The bird food is incredibly expensive, and they waste a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And we have a full-time staff member, so we have somebody here seven days a week. It takes them anywhere from four to seven hours, depending on whose cage needs to be cleaned. So our animal support is is really uh, quite pricey. So we always love that. You can get your name or your logo on the website, on the animal's cage itself. If you walk through, you'll see some of them have this animal supported by, mm-hmm. and you can have your name on there. And then you you get four free passes to come in for general admission and then you actually get to have a meet and greet with your animal that you sponsor there's only a few that we won't actually take out for you like we mentioned Fletcher probably wouldn't be the best or to Brian take out, or Brian if you sponsor them but for the most part we'll be able to take them out you guys can pet them see them have just have a really cute one-on-one meeting with them and then we have a, another program, our virtual message, yes. which we started during the pandemic um, when we were closed. We were trying to look for some ways to generate revenue to take care of our animals. And that's ecscience.org slash virtual dash message. And we can take one of our animals out and you just give us the message that you want us to say while we're holding the animals. We'll send you the video of it. And then you can share that with, you know, whoever you're trying to send your message to. Yeah, so that can be like... If you're wanting to say happy birthday to someone or congratulations, mm-hmm. like whatever you want to say, or even if you just want to say hi. And, it, and it's cuter <laughs> than a potato-gram. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we have featured animals, Sebastian, Avogadro, Pierre, and Beck, or Felix for those that you guys can pick from. So if you guys are interested in seeing some of these animals or seeing some other really cool animals, our next big event to see those animals besides a field trip or anything like that 
is the Spring Workshops Animal Day, which is on March 23rd. We will be having Animal Tales come, and he will be doing two shows. Mm -hmm. And those are just an additional $5 per admission ticket. But other than that, we will also be having some animal activities set up in our front classroom that will be with general admission. And then we will have educators walking around with some of our animals that is also included in general admission. And anytime you're visiting the museum, um, if we don't have a creature feature or something going on and you want to touch a snake or play with a snake or do something like that, always ask at the front desk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we, we have might have staff here that can do that. Absolutely. You. If we mm -hmm. have staff available, we're happy to, you know, to accommodate that mm -hmm. because we want people to interact with our animals mm -hmm. and we want you to get over your fear of snake because, you know, they're, they're great animals. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're just, they're lovely creatures. I think that's all for this episode. We haven't really decided what we'll talk about next, but I'm sure it's going to be awesome. So we'll see you guys in two weeks. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Cultivate Curiosity. If you have any questions, feel free to email us at socialmedia at ecscience.org. Tune in for our next episode in two weeks.